Welcome back to this week's episode of the Movie Bible Podcast. This week, you've got Nick and Brennan as they break down the opening weekend for Ad Astra, Rambo, Last Blood, and Downton Abbey. And remember, as always, you can check us out online at moviebiblereviews.com. All right, so breaking down the top five of this weekend's box office. First, we have Downton Abbey with a solid $31 million, which is the highest in Focus Features history. So really good job there. And then second place, we have Ad Astra, right around $19.2 million, which may flip-flop with uh, our third place uh, movie here, Ram- Rainbow Last Blood, which came in at ni- around $19 million even. So we'll see when the actuals come in, if those movies flip-flop at all. But for now... Um, so there, at number four, we have It Chapter 2, still chugging along at $17.25 million. And then last in top five, we have Hustlers at $17 million, which is finally no more Lion King in the top five. <laughs> no more reason to talk about it. Just beautiful. Um, but we'll get back into Downton Abbey here. So, Brennan, this, this movie made a killing this weekend. As I mentioned before, it's Focus Features' highest grossing, um, well, highest opening weekend ever. Um, what do you make of all this? Um, I'm not surprised. I think that 31 million is a little bit higher than I kind of had my estimations at. I mean, I was really excited for this weekend just because we had, um, three new releases that I felt all kind of went for slightly different audiences and, uh, Ad Astra, Rambo and, and Downton Abbey. And I felt like Hustlers word of mouth was going to do well this weekend. It chapter two is still riding a high. So I was really excited to see how all those five films kind of meshed in this weekend, but Downton Abbey like flew way ahead of the other four. I mean, $31 million is a huge, huge start for this film. Um, it's at about 61 worldwide after the first weekend. And I think it's just a testament to how popular the television show was. Um, I, I personally haven't seen it. I think we've talked a bit th- about this in previous weeks, um, but I, I haven't seen the show. You haven't either, but I kind of want to, you know, just kind of check it out. I hear it's here. It's a good show. Like I hear it's, <laughs> I hear it's a nice, you know, as you I think you said a couple weeks ago, it's, it's kind of just a good, pleasant, uh, British television show. And that, that sounds nice. <laughs> so I'm going to say that it's really good for the fans that this is making uh, a lot of money. And it's kind of just a testament, as I said, to how popular that show is and was. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, I would say Downton Abbey, probably not the, it's definitely not Game of Thrones level numbers or anything like that. But for everyone who's seen the show, I, it probably has like 100% approval rating. <laughs> it just seems like everyone really loves it. And it's like you mentioned, it's just, it's very cozy and nice. And it's British people being British and royalty and just really just nice things. And it's just very pleasant. So I think that really, and the, the trailer really seemed to, kind of hone in on that like so like hey like this is this is what you love this is the show that you've that you've missed and i yeah it's just a testament to that i mean and it's really interesting because focus features is one of the one of the better more prestige um kind of uh just distributors that we have and it's at the forefront of everything and it's already the the highest opening ever which is just really incredible i mean a lot of their a lot of their more i would say best picture nominees were probably open in about four theaters in LA and New York. But um, I think as a whole, it, it's down the success of Downton Abbey. It really kind of speaks to, it's kind of, this is, I feel like this is like the ne- next stage in IP driven filmmaking. And which I'm, what, what I mean by that is for all these studios that 
art that don't have like a Marvel or DC property, they're kind of just scaring to, to look at. All right, so what what do we have at our disposal at disposal that has a built-in fan base and will easily bring people to to the theaters and make a quick not a quick buck because that sounds kind of cynical, but just it's probably easy money in the bank, big hit. So I mean, we've seen a bunch of kind of TV to film adaptations. We've seen a Deadwood movie this year. We have Downton Abbey. We have uh, a Breaking Bad movie coming out on Netflix later this year. It seems like this is kind of the next phase where we see people, we see all these studios saying, hey, we we know people like this, and this is another way that we can kind of bring people to the box office. What do you think on that? I think that's definitely the way uh, things are going. I mean, you look kind of to the next few years, there's also a Walking Dead movie coming out as well. And I think sequels to it already confirmed. Um, so, yeah, I think it's I think that's definitely the way the way things are going. It's it's smart business as well. But uh, I wouldn't kind of use this as the litmus test for everything else. I think that it's going to be very, very um, kind of very isolated, depending on the show, depending on the fan base, depending on how uh, it'll wake up and go to the theaters. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out over the next few years as kind of a long game for studios. But um, for Focus Features, it's a proved to be a huge success. And uh, if I was them, I'd definitely look into this in the future and take another gamble. I mean, yeah, and we see here a cinema score, which is just really great. Everyone really seems to like it. Um, I haven't really seen any like one bad thing about this movie as well. <laughs> kind of just seems like everyone who didn't, really watched the show, just kind of stayed away and said, I don't really need to see that. But then all fans just went rushing to the theaters. And I know the theater near me, it was just every every showing was basically sold out. So it's Downton Abbey fe fever, which is pretty nuts. But so I guess moving on from there, in second place, we have Ad Astra, which came in right around studio expectations, about with 19.2 million. Um, I know both you and I saw this movie, which is, I think it's just wonderful. But um, I'm curious what you think about this movie's legs, because uh, it's definitely not the blockbuster that people would expect in terms of just its material. It's very quiet and subdued, and just kind of just kind of a bummer of a movie. Um, a lot of a lot of sad Astra memes and dad Astra <laughs> things going on on Twitter. Um, I'm curious, what do you think about this movie's legs or just its financial viability? Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of the film. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, the IMAX experience for this movie was, was definitely well worth it. Um, that, that was definitely a fun time. And James Gray, he directed a great, great film here. And I, I appreciate this movie and I definitely want to see it again to kind of explore some of the themes it was, it was touching on. Um, uh, financially though, just kind of talking about that $19.2 million domestically this weekend worldwide. I mean, it's always tough to kind of, uh, decipher that worldwide number right away because, um, it's tough to get info from all the markets kind of day one here on Sunday. Tomorrow we'll probably get more accurate numbers, but the film's sitting at about 45 million uh, after its first weekend, if you include domestic numbers and foreign totals. Um, so, so 45 million is not too bad. The budget's around 80 to 85 million. I think that this film um, is not going to have a ton of legs. I think that it needs to make its money now and over the next week to two weeks it's got to make its money before we see october really heat up because october is going to heat up um so i think that this movie has probably the next 10 days to make money and then it'll kind of be out the door with it but i i don't think that it'll not make back its budget i think that considering that it still has a few more markets to open up in overseas and just 
it's already over halfway to, to uh, breaking even on its budget. I think it will kind of make back uh, its budget, but factoring in marketing and stuff, it, I don't know how much of a hit this is going to be. Um, I definitely was kind of hoping this film would break into the low 20s, mid 20s, kind of give it a little bit of a stronger start. Um, I don't think it's going to be a massive flop, but I think it's just kind of be kind of going to be like a movie that kind of just skates by, makes back its budget barely. Um, but I don't see this being a huge flop. Yeah. So out of out of Venice, I think it was it was Joker and unfortunately an officer and spy writing a lot of buzz as well. But um, at Astro it seemed like one of the big winners. I mean, critics were just kind of going nuts for this movie. And I know David Ehrlich from IndieWire came out with that bold just perfect score review and like people are like all these critics are going nuts over it. Then you, you go over to Rotten Tomatoes, which I know Rotten Tomatoes shouldn't be like the barometer for anything considering just all the things that have happened with that site. But you look at the audience score of this uh, movie and it's at a solid 45%, which is just not what you want to see, um, which is really funny compared to the critics 83%. Um, so, I mean, it's tough because I think we, we, we were talking this weekend about about this movie even after we saw it and uh, i just don't i don't see any any kind of legs for this movie um it's kind of what you were hinting at before but b minus cinema score for this movie which really isn't great um anything below a b plus in cinema score is typically not what you want to see at all um but it doesn't really seem like this movie's connecting a ton with your standard just your joe schmo uh, moviegoer um which is I mean, and I can totally understand that because, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the film more in depth in a minute, but it's it's very quiet. Uh, it's very subdued. And Brad Pitt's getting giving an awesome, understated performance. Um, but I don't I don't necessarily think that's what the, uh, someone who just comes off the street and look, wants to watch a movie is looking for. I think a lot of the trailers were kind of uh, building this movie as like a action packed uh not even not not necessarily a kick-ass uh, story, but Brad Pitt, yeah, like Brad Pitt in space. Come look at this awe-inspiring movie, and that's not what it is. It's it's a bummer, um, daddy issues movie, um, kind of going through that, and so that's that's tough. It's it's funny because I would compare this movie a lot to High Life, which is one of my favorite movies of the year, but is nowhere near like a, just a like a broad movie. It's it's an art house movie, and this is kind of what this is, but it's on a crazy budget. So I admire James Gray for making it, and I admire Fox and I guess now Disney for having the gall to put it together and throw it in the theaters. But um, I just don't see it connecting with audiences that much, um, even though I really loved it. Um, so I guess from there, we'll kind of just dive into the film itself. Um, I I can't I can't get enough of Brad Pitt in this movie. Um, what do you think? this ranks in terms of Brad Pitt's performances. It's definitely up there for me. I mean, he's, he's an actor that is, is pretty versatile. Um, and over the years, he's given some really great performances. We don't really see a, a wacky kind of out there, Brad Pitt. Um, I think you look back kind of in recent years, even Moneyball, his performance, that, that's a phenomenal film. And uh, he gave a great performance there, but that's not a, not a crazy performance. I mean, you look kind of back in the days of fight club, that's a really, really out there performance. Um, Tyler Durden, he's a crazy character, right? We don't really see that as much, uh, the last few years. He, he's really kind of shifted a little bit. Um, 
but this film is is completely different i think from anything that i've really seen from him before and i really appreciated this performance it's one of my favorite performances of the year even though he he barely has any dialogue and he he's so talented and there aren't many actors i think that can convey um just such a powerful moving performance without saying many words at all i mean just looking in his eyes and just kind of feeling what he's feeling and just the little moments in this film um that's kind of what what did it for me and he he definitely gave i think one of his better performances i don't i don't know um where i'd rank it if i had to for his performances i think that's something i have to probably sit down and think about but it's definitely up there for me one of my favorite performances of the year so far for sure yeah it's it's up there for me too um it's it is there's a bunch of jokes flying around there's probably like Outside of the narration that's in this movie, there's probably like what, like two two pages full of dialogue from Brad Pitt. Um, but like as you mentioned, like just some of the looks he has in this movie, where I mean, we're not going to spoil it all, but there's one scene involving Brad Pitt and a microphone, which just like put like turned me into a puddle. It was just unbelievably emotional, and Brad Pitt is just just pretty like astonishingly great as this guy who's just just kind of down on life in general. And I think that's kind of where this movie excels. And I don't think that's one of the reasons why this movie might not do well with just your average audience. Cause it's, it's dealing with really heavy material in that, in that link between a parent and a child and kind of like the non-existent father and what that does to the child as he's trying to grow up and kind of make that person proud, even though he's it's probably not n- never going to happen, um, which is just, just really poignant stuff. Um, <laughs> this this movie just really wrecked me at times. Uh, it's man between this and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is I mean, I wish this movie would is would be doing a little better financially, but this is kind of the year of, of Brad Pitt, and I'm I just love it because man, he is he is just in such command of of his craft in this movie. I think this is. This is probably my favorite performance from him. I mean, I really love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but this might be my favorite since maybe Burn After Reading, which is probably the last kind of zany Brad Pitt uh, performance, um, as you were kind of alluding to uh, there. But uh, yeah, it's, man, really great stuff. Um, I just I can't get over the, the cinematography as well, which is just absolutely gorgeous, which is by Hoyt Van Hoytma, who was did Dunkirk and a lot of other great movies. Um, man, this is, I really, yeah, I, I really want other people to see this movie as well. Cause it is, it is outstanding. It's really outstanding. For sure. And I think that just a theater experience is, is needed for, for a space movie, but it, it's especially needed for a space movie that really uh, knows kind of its place. I mean, what I'm saying is it really knows how to put kind of the, the idea of space and, and kind of just the awe inspiring uh, visuals of space kind of on a pedestal. And this movie definitely does that. And the cinematography, as you said, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. The film is shot really well. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to beat it too much in terms of its financial gross. I think that it's going to, I think it's going to be a hundred million dollar movie and, and get a little bit above that, but it's not going to, it's not going to do huge numbers as we were kind of saying. Um, but but I'm I'm really impressed with this film, and I don't know if there are many actors that could have kind of done this. Um, and I, I think just the draw of Brad Pitt is is kind of what's helping this movie for sure. I don't think there's too much else in terms of just draw for people to come to see this movie other than kind of Brad Pitt in space. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I definitely want 
more people to check this thing out because it is it's a really really good movie a really thoughtful film and um i haven't stopped thinking about it since i saw it yeah i think there's very few actors i think who could really pull off this role because i think that that previous knowledge of brad pitt as a person and kind of his in his film history i think it really just adds to this experience uh where you kind of have this history with this person who's kind of i mean his character kind of follows his his pursuits in life where he's just a very like he's very skilled but he's also he's in the shadows of a few uh, greats have come before him and he's always just trying to work and work with really interesting people and do whatever he can but um so yeah there's a there's a lot to mine here it's a the phrase i always come back to it's a rich text there's a lot of stuff here um but yeah i i hope i i imagine i know we don't want to beat beat this too hard but i imagine this movie's gonna have a 60 percent plus drop next week and i really hope not because i think i mean we're gonna talk about it in a little bit but nothing really of note coming out next week and that might that might help at astra a lot but uh yeah this um just just really great i just i really hope people, more people see it for sure for sure yeah and so we'll move on from ad astra uh to rambo last blood which is the i guess it's the is it the fifth or sixth mm-hmm. rambo movie at this point yeah, um so which is just very interesting to see but yeah 19 million kind of came in right around expectations uh 50 million dollar budget uh what do you make of rambo um i'm not kind of too well versed with the franchise at all um but this is this is num- these are numbers that aren't aren't too bad, and I expected kind of just the draw of of another Rambo movie to kind of uh, get this movie to around twenty million dollars, and it did that. It it definitely did that. I don't know what kind of legs this thing's gonna have. Um, I don't know how it's gonna really play overseas. But I mean, a fifty million dollar budget, it's not it, it's not crazy for this film. I mean, nineteen million dollar first weekend domestically is is not probably ideal for a fifty million dollar budget, but it's it's probably gonna get there i have no idea how the leg would be for this movie but um because it's been so long since the last rambo i think the last one was 2006 or 2008 but it's definitely over 10 years 10 years ago that it came out and being the fifth rambo movie i don't know and uh but it it seems like fans of the franchise enjoyed this film and it seems like people who uh really just are passionate about the franchise or really just kind of have fond memories of it um and the last four films came out and saw this movie and enjoyed this movie yeah, it's. I mean, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to go see this movie yet, but it is. It's really interesting just watching the the marketing material around this and what people are saying about the movie. It's, it's kind of just. It's like a complete one eighty from what the first Rambo was. This first first Rambo, I know it's a very popular film and a bunch of people have seen it, but it's 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 an it's an anti war movie that's anti Vietnam movie about just a just a damaged man and the kind of what the lingering effects of war <laughs> and that we've turned to, I think in the last movie, there's uh, ramp Rambo's on the back of a tank, just basically sawing people in half with, <laughs> with 50 caliber bullets. <laughs> it's just kind of insane how, where we were at this point. It looks like last blood is kind of the same where it's kind of like, it's weird comparison, but kind of home alone ish where there's a bunch of booby traps all over the place. And uh, Rambo is just killing all these people that come to his farm. Uh, so very bizarre turn uh, but i think this movie kind of occupies the same space as something like angel has fallen uh, which we've seen recently has actually done really well at the box office it's almost almost 120 million worldwide on a 40 million dollar budget um and it's released by the same same company lionsgate uh but it just there's 
a certain appeal to these kind of uh, just high octane, just very very bloody, violent um, action movies. That there's a there's a certain like urge that that um, kind of scratches and things like that. So um, yeah, I I kind of expect this movie to actually have pretty decent legs over the next few weeks. Um, Fifty million dollar budget seems kind of bizarre if you ask me. Uh, seems a little high. Uh, maybe Stallone's pri- asking price is pretty high still, but uh, yeah, I think Rambo should be doing just fine. We'll probably see it creep around maybe a couple weeks where it just it's just peppering those not eight to nine um, million dollar intakes because I don't really see any other movie quite that like it quite coming out for a while. So I don't think there's a much be much cro- audience crossover. For sure, I definitely agree with that. And I mean, just looking at kind of some of the early films in the franchise it's hard to compare it to the first three back in the 80s but just looking back at uh uh, rambo um which was the last one before this one it also had a 50 million dollar budget it it ended up kind of turning uh 113 worldwide by the end so maybe they're just hoping to kind of make 100 million dollars kind of double what you set the budget at and uh both both films were around the same runtime but i mean opening weekend wise this movie is kind of on par with uh the last Rambo film, the last Rambo film opened up to 18. This opened up to 19. Um, so, I mean, it, it's looking like it's going to perform maybe on the same tra- track as that one. And that's probably finishing at around 113 worldwide. We'll see if this thing could pass 100 worldwide. I mean, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Um, it's definitely something to look out for. And so from there, we'll move on to It Chapter 2, which keeps kind of chugging along. It's made $17 million this week. And worldwide it's right around 360 million uh it chapter two is like we expected it's doing really well yeah for sure i don't know if it's gonna uh, kind of push its way uh, further at all overseas i mean it looks like it's really slowing down overseas um 17 million here domestically this weekend is a pretty good haul but it, it's it looks like it's going to finish um, a lot lower than the $700 million that the first one made. I still think this thing's, I mean, it's definitely probably going to pass 400, um, 500 might still be in play, but it's definitely looking like it's going to finish a lot lower than that 700 million that the, that the first one made. Um, but regardless, this movie is, is a huge kind of, uh, making a huge profit for Warner brothers and they're, they're happy with this. I mean, it, the budget isn't, I mean, it was a lot higher than the first film, but it, it still wasn't crazy high and they're, they're turning money in and, they're, they're making money. And I was actually surprised. I thought Hustlers would kind of beat it out for fourth. I mean, it was a very close kind of four or five, but, uh, and who knows, maybe tomorrow when the actuals come out, things will change. Um, but this thing showed, showing a little bit of legs. I mean, a 50, 58% drop, 58% drop this weekend's not the greatest, but it's, it's definitely a little bit better than I expected it to, to do. Yeah, so it's it's kind of following in suit with the original It in that both movies were about a 50-50 split in terms of domestic and international gross. And so It Chapter 2 was actually almost exactly 50%. It's, they're both right around $180 million worldwide. Um, so, I mean, the first movie was just such a crazy hit here in the U.S. It was like the runaway, like who saw that coming kind of movie experience of the year. Um, so it was... So that was kind of the play here as well. It needed to do really well domestically, and it's it's doing really well. I mean, it's a 180 million, uh, which is like really great, and it's a, about a 60 million dollars, 70 million dollar movie. So I mean, there's nothing to sneeze out there. But yeah, it's I think it's just one of those things where the the movie wasn't received quite as well as the first one. Uh, it's a little longer, less less show times before uh, 
or for each day. It's just, it's one of those things where it's just going to, I mean, you can't, it's hard to, it's such a cliche, but it's hard to, for lightning to strike twice, you know, it's just, it's just tough. Yeah, hundred percent. I definitely, definitely agree with that. I mean, it's still, as you said, a huge success. It's making its money, but it's tough to kind of, as you said, lightning strike twice on that film. Yeah. So from there, we'll move on to Hustlers, which is still just doing very solidly. I mean, we talked about it last week, where it was just a very surprising hit and kind of really played well with uh, with women. And it was really fun, really fun time at the theaters. And so it dropped right around 49% this week, which isn't bad. It's seven, right around $17 million. Um, at this point, it's probably already made a budget for XTX, for STX or made a profit for STX Entertainment. My apologies there, but so it's sit out seventy-two million worldwide on a twenty million dollar budget, which is just great news since STX has made has released such great films as uh, Ugly Dolls um, <laughs> this year. <laughs> so um, yeah, Hustlers is just a very it's very much needed for STX, and it's just doing well. Um, it's just a nice little story, and I think. Um, we'll see this one do really well for the weeks to come as well. 100%. And I mean, it looks like it's kind of going to be their smash hit of this kind of part of the year. I mean, the upside was great for them back in January. That thing had legs forever. Um, this thing might not play as, as well in terms of legs because um, the upside was just kind of like 20, 30% drops weekend to weekend. But 48, 49% drop this weekend for Hustlers is, is really good, really impressive. And I mean, I think, just looking at it, $17 million this weekend, that's $3 million shy of its $20 million budget. I mean, if you're almost making your budget in your second weekend, um, that that's that's really good. And as you said, up to 72 worldwide, and this thing's going to probably hit $100 million at some point. I mean, it's, it definitely is going to going to have some decent legs and it is a pretty enjoyable movie i really had a good time with it i think it was a great kind of perspective on uh what went down in 2008 and how it affected different people um so i mean i was really i really enjoyed it and i definitely uh, appreciated it yeah it's the movie's a lot of fun i think that kind of will help it in the in the future weeks because there's just so much going on there's a lot of great needle drops of music and just uh, just really fun performances all around, and you have you have big stars in it, uh, just in all kinds of ways. You have J Lo kind of leading the way, then you have kind of spot little spot roles from Cardi B and Lizzo, which are are two of the kind of the biggest pop stars right now. So it's just it feels like a confluence of events coming together for this movie to do well, where it has all these big people at the right time. Um, this audience that this movie is kind of playing towards uh, primarily is a little underserved at the moment. There's nothing really much out quite like it. Um, so yeah, it's just doing really just solid business. And I think we'll see that for the weeks to come, which, and that kind of segues into one of our other topics of the week, which is kind of just to take stock in where we are in this, in the Oscar race so far, or just rewards and awards in general, because we're kind of getting towards the fall season here in October. And so we're kind of, just we wanted to look at where we are now and uh, who were kind of the front runners and, and their perspective categories. And so I kind of wanted to talk about JLo just a little bit because after the movie last week, uh, released last week, it seemed like the prevailing thought was, wow, JLo is going to get a nomination. Um, and it kind of seems like everyone wants it to happen because <laughs> JLo has kind of been in our lives for, I don't know, decades now. And it seems like the classic comeback um 
type of thing in film where this person hadn't hasn't had a role in a while and they're just hitting out of the park and i think j-lo is pretty incredible in this movie um what do you think there where do you where do you kind of see the because she's probably going to be a supporting in the supporting actress category um what do you think of her prospects right now do you see anything else coming up in the future where do you where do you look where do you what's your opinion there um, I think that I mean the performance is great. The movie's great. Um, I don't know how how uh, it will do just kind of down the road. I think it's it's really really early for um, it's really really early to be talking about kind of. I mean you can still talk about it, but it's early to kind of kind of place a winner or place kind of a someone that you think is has a lock nomination because I mean a movie that kind of has that buzz in September might not last to December, you know. And I mean the word of mouth needs to be continuing for this film it can't slow down it needs to kind of be in the conversation for a while at this point i would definitely say that she would be one of the five nominees for supporting actress i think that at this point she probably is definitely safe in in the five whoever the five would be from this year so far um but yeah i definitely think that she has a shot um i think the movie definitely needs to kind of stay buzzing for the next few weeks and few months um but yeah i definitely i definitely think that she she definitely has a little bit of of stock as you said and i think that um she definitely has a good shot i don't know how this thing's going to play in awards season but just kind of the buzz right now it's really positive for this film and there's definitely some prospects there for this movie to kind of play a little bit well but i think it's mostly just going to be j-lo i don't think really anything else in this film technical side uh screenplay side directing side even though all of those are really solid and um, I love the direct direction in this film. There were some really unique stylistic choices I really admired, but I think JLo's the big play for this film. And yeah, at this point, I definitely would put her in the conversation, but I, I, I don't quite know. I don't want to kind of say that she will get it. I think it's a little early for me to say that she will get it. So I think we'll kind of see how, how that plays out. Yeah. And I think that's the smart way to look at it as well. But well, a couple things I do want to note is I just looking at kind of the, the layout of films that are coming out the next few months. I mean, it doesn't, it seems like the, the best supporting actress um, position in the Oscars may be a little weak this year. I think um, maybe Queen and Slim, the the woman uh, who's playing alongside uh, Daniel Kaluuya, I think might have a shot there. It, it seems like everything might kind of break their way. And I think it's also really important to note just how big, JLo is as a personality <laughs> like she's all over the place she's doing so many different things and she has all these Instagram followers and people just love her even just outside of her films and I think that's going to be a really smart way to kind of position her because I think yeah I, I kind of agree with you I don't really see anything for Hustlers besides supporting so it'd be probably probably be pretty smart just to put all their stock into her and kind of pushing her along and so I think there, it's just, I think there's a good shot for her. I, at the moment, she's really fun in the movie. I think, I think, so there's a bit of a narrative, uh, definitely building here for JLo. I, I kind of see, I mean, yeah, you, you are very correct. And saying that anything is going to, anybody's going to win or get nominated at this point is very silly. It's, it is September, uh, but it, there, there feels like there's a little bit of a zeitgeisty thing going on here with, with hustlers. And I think that's very important to take note of here and, and a couple other things we wanted to mention. Uh, we haven't really checked in with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in quite a few weeks since it left the uh, top five, but it's been kind of it's been making the circles around um, other areas of the world. It's been kind of expanding into much different territories, and it's doing really, really well. 
so far. So it's made almost 350 million uh, worldwide. Great number against that 90 million dollar budget. Uh, I think this just kind of just plays into more of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is here to stay, and we're going to hear about this movie for the next few months. Definitely, and I mean, just in terms of just awards season in general, Tarantino is always his movies are always there. They always make a huge play. I mean, The Hateful Eight um, didn't kind of make a huge awards play, but it's still it's still won an Academy Award and got nominated for three in total. So I mean, that's still a presence. Um, Django, huge kind of awards play. Inglorious Bastards, huge awards play. Back in the day, obviously, Pulp Fiction um, won him uh, his best original screenplay award. So I mean, he's always kind of there when uh, award season comes around. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think, is a film that touches a lot more um, categories than some of his other movies. I think that this is a movie that kind of plays into production design, plays into maybe costume. I don't quite know hair and makeup, but it kind of plays into some of those as well as his kind of classic screenplay, actors, picture director. Um, So I think this is a film that could definitely earn him a boatload of nominations. I don't know if this thing's going to win a ton of awards, but I think that it definitely has the potential um, to get a bunch of nominations yeah and so there's there's a little bit of um i don't want to call them rumors but there's a little bit there's a a little bit of talk in the in the trades that a lot of the academy voters are kind of head over heels for once upon a time in hollywood um it's a really funny anecdote but dan Aykroyd went on the joe rogan podcast and kind of was just like yeah i'm voting for this movie i'm sorry if this gets me in trouble but this is gonna be my vote for best picture no matter what um so i mean one example there, uh, but it seems like there is a lot of people who are really into this movie and really love it. And it, like you said, it kind of hits all the che- all the check boxes where it's a very famed director, big stars. It's about Hollywood, um, well, history, period piece. I think there's, there's a lot going on here, and I it just seems like there's another one where the the it's building and building. And I think we are. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is definitely here to stay. Um, so that'll kind of position us towards next week where we have a kind of a, kind of a smaller slew of movies coming out, but one, one to note in terms of our discussion of kind of taking stock in this Oscar race is uh, Judy, which comes out next week, which is Renee, Renee Zellweger, um, starring as, um, an older Judy Garland kind of at the tail end of her career at played at TIFF and other, other festivals. And it seems like this is kind of the other one where it's what's reward um, the actress who's playing an historical figure. It seems like that's kind of what's at play here. More of it's the typical great performance in an otherwise pretty bland movie. Um, but it does seem like as as we look, as we look, take stock and everything now, it looks like she is going to kind of come about as one of the bigger players so far. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this film. Um, I think that just kind of out of the festivals that it played in TIFF, especially um, I think that was the only one, if I'm not mistaken, that it did play in. Um, it got pretty good reception. And while a lot of people, as I said, as you said, it didn't kind of praise the film overall, they, they kind of universally praised her performance and said it was terrific. And I mean, it's, it's sitting kind of out of the festivals at uh, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, I believe. So, I mean, it's looking good. You look at kind of the aggregated actual score and that's a lot lower than the percent that it's at. But um, I mean, I'm looking forward to this film. I think that it'll be a pretty interesting performance. I want to kind of hear her sing some of those classic songs and uh, cause she is actually singing in this film. So it's, I'm looking forward to it. And I think that it, it'll definitely have a huge kind of, Best uh, Actress Awards play, 100%. And, I mean, 
I don't want to sound a little hypocritical um, talking about this now when a few minutes ago I said it's too early, but I think that um, just going back to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I kind of just kind of basing that off, kind of looking at Tarantino, looking at the history. I think with Hustlers, it was kind of a wild card for me and um, kind of just going back to that. That's a film that people didn't really expect it to be an awards contender until it came out of TIFF and people were kind of raving for JLo, but kind of with these other films, they follow kind of a narrative. So that's kind of where I'm coming at with Judy and with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I definitely think they'll both kind of be uh, kind of awards contenders. Yeah. And that's definitely there. I definitely agree there too. And another one that's coming out actually, and kind of a smaller release is the laundromat, which is big Steven Soderbergh movie, um, which isn't getting great reviews necessarily. Um, it's coming out in a couple, a couple theaters next week before premiering on Netflix, but it's Meryl Streep and uh, Gary Oldman and Soderbergh. And uh, it seems like maybe not because, I mean, it's sitting not great, 46% around tomatoes right now, but it does seem like there's something here where, I mean, it's Meryl, everyone kind of looks at her. It seems like there's possibly a narrative for this movie as well. 100%. I think there's going to be the kind of the first kind of Netflix test. I mean, we were talking about this on um, my podcast a few weeks ago when we were kind of running through all the fall uh, fall movies and kind of what we were looking forward to. I mean, we were talking about Netflix, and this is the big year for Netflix. Last year was huge with Roma, um, but this year they're kind of throwing a bunch of movies out there that they want to make, make awards plays with, and this is one of them. Um, there's a bunch, though, but this is definitely one of them, and if this doesn't quite pan out, I mean, they got a bunch more after that. I mean, you got what the King Dolmite is my name. Um, look a little bit further down there. Marriage story. They have a lot of different films that they're going to kind of be putting out there in the fall movie season. But the laundromat is one that I'm really looking forward to. I really dug the trailer for this film. Um, and I think that it definitely will have some sort of awards play maybe for Meryl Streep, just because it is Meryl Streep. And I mean, 21 Academy Award nominations, no matter what she does, there are going to be eyes on the film. Yeah, it's this is definitely like the opening salvo for Netflix and all of this, where they have yeah, like you, they have a ton of movies coming out. And they even they even pushed a movie called The Last Thing He Wanted, uh, which was directed by D. Reese, who kind of who wrote uh, Mudbound, which came out a few years ago for Netflix, and it stars Ben Affleck and Anne Hathaway and Willem Dafoe. And they had they had to push that movie back to next year just because they didn't really have a lot of space for it and their slate for the rest of this year. So there's Netflix is doing their best. Uh, I don't know. I mean, judging off of early buzz for lunch, Matt, it doesn't look like this, this one might not be the one to really bring home a bunch of awards for them, but Hey, it's like you said, it's Merrill. So the power of Merrill is kind of just one of the biggest things in Hollywood. So you'll never know, but yeah, so that's kind of wrapping it up for this week. I will come back next week and talk a little more about the laundromat and movies like Judy. And uh, if I, if we have it my way, the, the death of Dick long, which is just an incredible movie. Um, and we'll be back. Thanks for listening to this episode of the movie Bible podcast. Again, you can always check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com and join us next week as we talk about the opening weekend for Judy. Judy.